Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. We are now entering the home stretch ahead of the midterm elections. For months, political analysts have said a red wave is coming. A referendum on inflation, illegal immigration, indoctrination. How are Democrats mitigating that red wave? It's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ruthless Variety Program. Gentlemen, I trust your weekend and long weekend with Columbus Day has gone well. Two words. It was a wonderful weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What an idiot. (laughs) I mean, I love how it took like half a second for the audience to be clapping. They're like, wait, they're counting, and their head's like, made in (laughs) Do you think that was in prepared remarks? No. You think he did, that's, that's him? Just doing him? Yeah. I mean, wow, right? Wow. I, words. You know when made in America. Uh, it's just like, what? You know you know when he has prepared remarks, I think the giveaway to when he goes away from them is when he goes, here's the deal. Oh, yeah, that is a good giveaway. Everybody has that. I mean, if you watch... Every politician. Every politician. They have one thing. And and when we ran campaigns like for years. You were scared of that. You would watch 100 hours of stuff, mm-hmm. right, of your opponent. And there was always one thing that they would say or one look that they would have where you were like, okay, whatever comes next is usable, right? And his thing appears to be, here's the deal, or look, Jack. Yeah. Ob- right? Obama would always say, look, let, look. Me, let me be clear. <laughs> oh yeah, <you> right. <laughs> right. Or, or there's a famous that was it. Let's dispense with this fiction. It's like, oh, here we go. Oh, look at this <laughs> guy. <laughs> look <laughs> at this guy. He just can't. You know, can't get, help himself. Put the jersey on, you dick. Yeah, he's in cycle. You should. You, we should have him on the show. Put the jersey we should, on. We should, smug. we should have Marco on the show. He's in cycle. Rubio, here is your invitation. Okay. Seriously, we'd full, love to have invite. you. Uh, listen, I'd, I'd give him red carpet treatment. Yeah. Uh, we are 29 days until Election Day. It is the final sprint. We are ready. You are ready. That's right. Everybody is doing the hard work at this point that it takes to make sure that we actually get to a point where this country is not completely ruined mm-hmm. by democratic, unified government. And I couldn't be happier about it. I mean, I feel like the energy is right. I feel like people are coming together at the right time. The issues are coming together. Um, well, and I also don't want to pat ourselves on the back too hard, but I mean, we kind of called this. Yeah. You know, listeners of the Ruthless Variety program have seen this coming since, you know, we had that episode back in August when the polling got a little squirrely, as we knew it would, because yeah. we were, you know, Republicans were outspent on the air like nine to one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the media was starting to write the obituary of the red wave, basically. Yeah, well, the literal, I mean, they were actually yeah. no caveats. Right. They were saying, like, this is not going it's to not be gonna happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And now we find ourselves a mere month later coming back. Coming back. And also, not to pat ourselves on the back, but anytime we have a candidate on the show, you know, we end up hearing from the candidate or from their staff later that, like, wow, 
you know, thank you so much. We just got like an uptick in donations. We've got volunteers, you know, minions totally. are making phone calls. That's what it's about. Like I've always said the red wave is not something that's happening, something we're doing. And you see the grassroots conservatives are activated. They're putting in the work. Motivated. Yeah. Putting in the work. Plus it's just nice to be part of a community of people that do that. Right. I totally. Mean, look, I, I think there's a lot of programs you can, you can listen to out there. All of them on the conservative side have value. Yeah. Tons. Right. And, but the one thing I feel about the listeners of this particular program is everybody gets engaged. It's not it's not just about like listening and having fun, which we do. We do. But it's also using that energy to go out and affect change in some It's an army of fashion. doers. Yeah, totally. They're not just listening, they're they're doing it. Totally. So anyway, I love it. Let's start with a headline out of the Washington Post, which I mean, it's perfect, right? Yeah. Democrats sound alarm about funding in battle for house majority. Hmm. Uh, listen to this quote. This is from the executive director of the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee. There are places that I don't know if we're going to be able to get to. Uh-oh. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Top Democratic strategists have concluded that they lack the funds needed to fully contest all their potentially winnable house raises. <laughs> Wait a minute. Can, can Talk about beating around the bush. Places I don't know if we are going to be able to get to. Translation, we're about to get waxed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that is just like, and, and he is trying to, uh, who would have guessed that the D-trip guy is like, listen, you just got to give me more money. Yeah. Like, right. This isn't because our candidates suck. Conservatives <laughs> are excited. We're running on more crime. Right, well, like so, he's not—he's not saying that's the problem. He's like, you just got to give me more money, guys. Well, there are there are two stories that you will find in every single cycle that Democrats put out in September or October of an election year. One is always the money story, mm-hmm. and and the media writes it dutifully, even though they've you know their candidates have raised two x, three x, four x candidate money and outside groups right. and committees. Right, right. They're, they're always crying. It's, it's crying like poor no- like all the Dems would get get on shows on like MSNBC, and right. the host would shout out their URL. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, feel free to donate. So so that's story number one. Story number two is you know Democrats worry about enthusiasm gap. Yeah. You know, and there's always, you know, some consultant who happens to specialize in that sort of thing totally. who's on the record in the article about how they need more money to mobilize Latinos to or in- women or, you know, whatever. Well, that there was a great story last week. I think it was NBC or The Hill wrote something about Nevada. Oh, about, yeah. It was Natasha Korecki. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, yeah I read it. Yeah. About, about how Democrats were incredibly concerned mm-hmm. that Hispanics might not turn out this cycle and i was thinking to myself the whole time i'm reading it i'm like if you've done any math or followed this cycle at all their concern is not that they're not going to turn out yeah, they're going to they're they turn, are going to turn out they're they going to republican their, turn, their <laughs> major concern is that they do turn out yeah right so it's a little bit of like they're trying to hedge expectations for voters about what it is that they're responsible for. Well, right. And it's also sort of a, a, it's their way of guilting these these voters because you look at somebody like Catherine Cortez Masto who's been mired in 41, 42, 43%. And she starts to look at the math of how much money she's spent on persuasion and she hasn't moved a single voter. Right. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to have to guilt the base into turning out because she can't get to 50 Right. I saw some article talking about how Dems are right now trying to spend money on persuasion. 
in October, and they're like, conservatives are spending fully on just like mobilization, just like get our voters out there. And Dems are like, oh shit, we forgot to make a case for why people should want more crime. (laughs) (laughs) Inflation is good. We tried in spring and nobody bought it. We need to spend more money persuading them to defund the police. Yeah. (laughs) Democratic strategists have also struggled all year to calibrate how much faith to put in their own internal numbers. (laughs) which failed to detect Republican gains in the 2020 elections. Democrats thought they could lose no more than three seats in a worst-case scenario that cycle. According to one person involved, they lost 13. (laughs) Even as Biden beat Donald Trump by seven points nationwide, seven million uh, votes nationwide. Yeah, I mean, look, there's something to that, right? But it's not just... I think they're missing the point. There's all this discussion about, well, the polls have it wrong, the polls have it wrong. Yeah, but when you've been around long enough, you kind of understand how these gaps get filled in. Right. And when you're looking at two candidates that are in the Mm mid-40s and a year that's entirely controlled by Democrat government Mm -hmm. in a year with 8.3% inflation and in some states, like you said, like Nevada, 16 or some odd percent and gas at seven gas at seven bucks and 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 when we're recording this on monday the the stock market has yet again tanked like we're looking at uh the s&p is down 25 percent. i literally can't even look anymore yeah i just don't i know so all of those things combined with a presidential approval rating in the 30s yeah like if you've been around long enough you know that the remaining vote breaks one way like i think charlie cook said something in his latest column he started the cook report uh you know, they're amongst the most astute political observers. They adjust more than I'd like, yeah. frankly. Um, but it, his point was, don't think that these races are going to break individually in terms of races. Like in the last 10, 15 years, when that final 5 to 7% comes in, generally goes one way, mm-hmm. right? And I'm looking at all the other metrics that are involved here economy presidential approval right track wrong track everything else it's pretty clear to me which way that those things are going to break right it's absolutely clear this is the purest case of a referendum we've seen in decades and we heard dan constant himself he's the head of clf the dapper dan Dan charged with uh, helping house republicans take the majority we need to win by he's playing in biden won districts Mm-hmm. He made the, he made a point which I thought was very interesting that if he only won House districts that were won by Trump, he'd get to 209 seats. Yeah, you'd have a minority. You'd have a minority. You need 218 for folks listening. You'd, you'd have, need 218 to take uh, to take a voting uh, majority in the House. He is he is looking at seats that districts where Biden won by five points, by seven points, by more, and Republicans are going to take those take those districts because our candidates are simply better yeah Yeah. well i mean i think he said that like you know when you think of a traditional wave of 20 plus seat pickups they actually need to dig into biden plus five exclude like if you won every one of them basically to get there right so i mean a wave is is in a different context here than maybe other in every other election where you've got huge discrepancies of where you start from and it's it's happening because voters want change they want something different from what they're getting from government. It's very simple. I mean, the timing, it's a very simple. The, the media complicates it because they want people to think Democrats are actually better than they are because they actually are Democrats in the media. We all know this. Everybody listening to the show knows this. 
but the reality is much, much simpler. I mean, you saw this last week when Media Matters was crying about, like, oh, no, why is Fox News covering elections so much, which is the most insane. So great. Insane argument to try and make is because they all know, every Dem running, every Dem involved in politics knows, right now, voters are tuned in, and right now, every single major issue is going against them. Americans are seeing crime in a horrific fashion. Those are shooting outside of Lee Zeldin's house. I know. You know, it's I don't know. Like this, this guy. This guy has dealt with more. Remember the stabbing? Someone remember stabbed somebody, him. Remember when Tried somebody to stabbed him. him on stage? You you talk about a guy who's dealt with more challenges just running for office. And I mean, hats off to Lee Zeldin. This guy deserves. And he's to running be a strong government. race. There are polls that show him up in New York, New York State. Well, I don't understand how anybody's not going to vote for him, given what you've experienced in New York State. Yeah, but, but this guy's. I mean, fearless. Fearless. And, and, he and, really and, is. And crime. Like every American is tuned into crime. Every American is seeing their retirement account getting vaporized day after day, just getting the hell kicked out of it, right? Every American is seeing every time they go to the grocery store, things are more expensive than last time. But even the Democrats can see the writing on the wall here. I mean, you look at what uh, the D trip just announced on Monday that they were pulling out in Texas 15, which yeah. is a Biden plus two district, yeah. I believe. Like they're already conceding districts on their side of the ledger. Yeah. Wild. 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 You don't see that very often. Yeah. But don't think for a second, as the media will allow you to believe, that somehow this is because of Republican money that this is happening. Democrats still have a huge cash advantage. Mm -hmm. Yes. They just do. And they raised a ton of money out of the abortion thing and everything else. They've get, they've got a cash advantage down the stretch here. So, so that is what it is. They're going to pretend like they don't have enough funds, but that is just not not the case. Why is that? Why do Democrats always seem to have so much more money? Well, I mean, it's almost like, you know, if they have started this extortion racket with corporations, like BLM raised how much money from, from like banks, major corporations, they can extort them out of millions of dollars, get them to leave uh, the all-star game because they'll boycott it. Um, every millionaire in this country, basically, you see, has to be on the Democrat side. They've got Silicon Valley on lockdown. They've got big business in, in New York. They've got it on lockdown. They've got Hollywood on lockdown. That's where the cash advantage comes from. This is why none of their priorities are working class issues like, gee, are you paying a, a lot more for gas than you were last year? Are you paying a, sh a shit ton more for groceries than you were last week? No, we want you to be distracted by, uh, I guess, democracy is going to die if you don't vote for a Democrat today. So there really is something to the idea that Democrats are the coastal elites. Well, it's 100% true because they've changed their base, as Smug just said. Mm -hmm. I mean, where Democrats traditionally built their coalition was amongst unions and working class people, and they abandoned them entirely. And they abandoned them for people who sit at home behind a Zoom camera, yeah. right? And and it's that's part of it. The second is, let's be honest, they actually do have a better culture within activist Democratic communities than activist Republican communities. Like activist Republican communities, God bless them. I love them to death and I love that we do this stuff. But, you know, we're much more likely to go show up and, you know, go to a rally or go do whatever than we are to contribute five bucks. That's it. Like the act blue thing is like it's they've turned it into muscle memory. Like you'd see this on Maddow. We should have candidates there to shout out the URL for the website because she wanted to help enforce that like muscle memory of Dems of like, I'm mad at a Republican. I'm picking up my smartphone. I'm going to hit it back blue. I'm going to give somebody money. Like so, they've really built that into but, their base. But these wealthy coastal Dems are doing like a thousand bucks a pop. And I think I've heard you make the point before, Holmes, that like 
the in inflation and the economy really hurts Republican voters. Well, so there's an interesting couple of studies that I've seen lately that that indicate that Republican donors, small dollar donors, the ones that built Win Red and, and built the small dollar universe over the last three years are predominantly rural and they're predominantly nuclear families. They're predominantly middle lower class right and if you overlay who inflation has hit the highest mm -hmm. over the last two years it's that population right it's not necessarily your inner city population you know your your or your you know your white sort of wine drinking liberal elites like mm -hmm. the what difference does it make mm -hmm. eight percent like like the, like the difference between the republicans which are essentially right now the party of the working class and the the Democrats, who are the party of like the Ivy League elites, is if inflation goes up by eight point five percent, working class people don't cut their donations by eight point five percent; they just cut their donations, right? Whereas, yeah. like, if you are you know one of these like Silicon Valley executives who's used to hosting these fundraisers for Dems, it's like uh, instead of doing twenty fundraisers this year, I think I'll just do fifteen. Yeah, no, I mean, look, there's some there's something to that, but I also think, look, look, even in my own life, I've had to have a culture change about this, where it's like, if you say you believe in the things that you believe in, how can you abandon the field to a bunch of people who don't know what they're talking about and don't have any idea of the facts of what they just sort of like grew up Democrat and they're going to just donate Democrat? Mm -hmm. Like, am I really not going to try to offset some of that personally? Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, it's the reason why I started contributing. It wasn't that I was like, you know, one person that was that was interested in one candidate or or my home candidate. It was like, I started donating because I, I was looking at the way that Democrats handled this. Mm -hmm. And most of the people in the Democratic coalition donate periodically to a bunch of different candidates because they believe in their view. They mm -hmm. believe that this is the right track for America. I fundamentally, profoundly disagree with that. So I feel like it's sort of incumbent upon me to try to offset some of that, yeah. right? And we just, we, we have to build that over time. I, I, don't, I don't think that that is something that changes overnight. And it's the reason we're gonna run deficits in that area for the next, you know, four or six years for sure. Yeah, but that's always the saying, you know, when people talk about this, it's like a, a Democrat, watches cable news, gets pissed off, and they go to Act Blue. A Republican watches Fox, gets pissed off, and they go to Facebook and they write a comment. Yeah. You know, and that's fundamentally the difference. Oftentimes, that's the deficit. It's like, we don't have that same muscle memory of mm -hmm. like, you know, this person needs to be defeated, or this person needs to be elected. Let's go to win red. Yeah, totally, totally. But we're getting there. We are. And we're, we're coming back a little bit. And there's some campaigns that are doing a lot of work. But it's important to remember why it is that we're doing this, too. The other reason of why we're doing this is that GOP, this is an article from the Wall Street Journal, GOP gains in Congress would challenge Biden's IRS expansion. Wow, that's Huge. a great point. Oh, Democrats united around $80 billion so the IRS could hire tens of thousands of workers and audit more Americans improve taxpayer service and implement better technology those last two things are bullshit yeah, yeah. all of us know <laughs> if you think the irs is going to quote improve taxpayer service like what the hell is that That's, i have uh, a bridge to sell you yeah <laughs> has there been any time in history that the irs has improved their service zero their funding keeps going up and all that ends up happening is more working class mom and pops get audited 
But also, don't they? I mean, I'm sure you guys have experienced this before. I know tons of our listeners have, where you just get like a random IRS letter that's like, here, here's a question, and you're like, I have no, I don't even know what they're asking. You give it to your accountant, and they're like, oh, they just, uh, they wanted to know like a, a some social security number or something like that. Yeah. Somebody spent the day sending a letter about something stupid like that when it's like, dude, IRS, how about you just process people's tax returns on time? Yeah. Give them their refunds because everyone's getting withheld. And and it's like, I, I just can't, for the life of me, can't figure out what 80,000 new IRS agents would do to improve life of Americans. Hopefully Republicans get the majority and we never find out. And, and, and the thing is that like the way that they predicated this on this massive lie that the Dems tried pushing and, and numerous fact checks have now revealed to be an absolute falsehood of being like, oh, we're hiring 80,000 IRS agents to go after billionaires. There's like, what, 80 billionaires? You're going to send 1,000 agents to each of their houses? Guess what? They probably have more than 1,000 tax attorneys. Yeah, right. Like, the IRS is not going to bang their heads in but the wall. But it's not They're about billionaires. They're going to go chase down mom and pop, shake them down for money it was never to pay for that. all these dumbass programs that they want. And the, pe- the people who try to defend that, by the way, the people who try to say, like, if you're not a tax cheat, don't worry about it. They're subhumans. They're animals. They are animals because nobody ever, ever, ever who has undergone an audit and been cleared of that audit will tell you that the $25,000, they had to spend yes. to try to go through that process was something that was worthwhile for because the Because like, the thing is, is that like the IRS exists on the fear of you do how we tell you, you, you know, you do what we want or we will ruin your life. That's the straight up understanding. We will ruin your life. They operate through fear. And these are people who, I mean, let's be serious. A lot of these people work at the IRS because they couldn't get a job anywhere else. These are not like capable you know, well-rounded individuals. These are people who sit in cubicles and wish doom upon their fellow humans. Right? <laughs> That's what they are. And also, they steal your money for a year. They steal your money, and then they give it back to you a percentage of it. And they're like, "Congratulations! Yeah, oh, you got a refund and, of your money." And sadly, like most people are like, "Oh, thank God, I got oh, that God, refund. I got it back. Mm-hmm. I got my money back. My money back." I mean, God. The amount of work I do in a year to know that it's going to like Joe Biden to spend on one of these dumbass programs. And everybody knows knows how hard you work, Smug. Well, I mean, it boils my blood. (laughs) Everyone knows. And the fact that they lie to Americans to be like, oh, we're not going to come for you. Please, please. You think they're going to try to go after like Bill Gates, who's got an army of attorneys to defend his little tax loopholes? No, they're going to go for low-hanging fruits. They're going to go after a mom-pop shop, scare the shit out of them with a letter, and be like, cough up some money. In addition to the in addition to the oversight of Afghanistan and a bunch of other things that we've talked about mm-hmm. on this show, this mm-hmm. has got to be right at the top of the list. Totally. we got to get this done That's right what, away. And, yeah. and we take the house. And I don't want to hear we, any excuses about why this can't get done. Yeah, we, we, we take the house, we nip this garbage in the bud. Totally. Um, with debate season in full swing, this is according to ABC News, Democrats in make-it-or-break-it races are looking for ways to put daylight between themselves and the White House. Mm. Mm. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> like, we got three words. Run like hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it ain't gonna work. On Friday, at the first and likely only Arizona Senate debate of the year, Mark Kelly called the situation at the southern border, quote, a mess. <laughs> oh, well, that's one way to put it. Oh, is it? Wait, just remind me, guys. Is he the sitting senator yeah. in Arizona? It's a real hot dog meme moment. We're all trying to figure out who's responsible for this. <laughs> what a mess! <laughs> what a mess! <laughs> Who could have done it? <laughs> what a mess! That debate was so good. Like Blake just mopped the floor 
with Mark <laughs> Kelly. Just lit the place up. I mean, it was great in so many ways. Like, Blake just destroyed this guy. Mark Kelly is an absolute clown, and the media has helped cover for him and not shown that. I just, I really like that Blake just sort of towered over him. He did. Too. That's the thing. Is <laughs> you like, know? Is Mark Kelly is like a four foot tall guy, and then Blake is just like dominating him the entire show. It's incredible. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, there's a lot of things happening out there, but this guy's making a charge, right? He's making a big charge. Uh, back to the ABC News piece for a minute. In North Carolina, Democratic Senate candidate Sherry Beasley said Biden and members of Congress could work a whole lot harder to address rising prices. Hmm. <laughs> She's like, if only I knew someone in Congress. <laughs> she also refused to say if she would campaign alongside the president in her state. Oh, you love it. It's wrong to align me with anybody unless I specifically say what my positions are, Beasley hmm, said. Okay. Okay. You got to vote for Bud. Folks in North Carolina, you know what to do. You cannot vote for Beasley. I mean, I can't even imagine that's even a question at this point. Uh, it's a trend that will likely continue this week. The first Senate debate in the respective states are on uh, tap on Monday in Ohio. That'll be a good one. Remember, that's Ryan and J.D. Vance, our man. Uh, and then Friday in Georgia, where Herschel's going to take a whack at Warnock. Another good one. Um, there will also be a second debate in Wisconsin scheduled for Thursday. So a lot of stuff going on there. But I think, I mean, look, you're going to see Democrats do a moonwalk across the stage. Pretend like they're not Democrats. Yep, yep, yep. And, and, and it's, I'm telling you, the, the timing right now is why everybody who's listening, you got to double down. Now's the time to dig deep. We got to close out. We got the winds at our back. Yes, it feels great to know that, hey, things are looking good, but it's not going to happen. Everybody just dig deep and let's just bury these bastards. And also, like, if you've got friends or family who are like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Get them on board. Take the time to explain to them why they should know. Yeah. Ask them if they looked at their 401k. Ask them if they looked at their grocery bill. When's the last time you filled your car with a tank of gas? How does all that make you feel? Because that's what's on the ballot. And it's not It's not just sort of like, it's not a situation where they just found themselves and happened upon the economy that they're dealing with. The policies that they put in place that all of these people voted for mm-hmm. Are the reasons why we're dealing with it? I mean, the way that they try to be squirrely about gas is uh, really, really something. Is like day one, Joe Biden made it clear he wants to cripple American energy independence. He's accomplished that. If nothing else, he has crippled American energy independence. Every time you go to fill up your car, Joe Biden is responsible for that. And anyone you know, family, friend who's on the fence, make sure that they know who's responsible for their suffering. Totally, totally. So I want to give a shout out. We do a lot of, of digging on uh, millionaires and billionaires on this. Uh, not like the Bernie style, but we, you know, we dig on them a little bit. <laughs> we dig on them a little bit. Um, but there are a few that remember where the roots are, mm-hmm. right? And they remember how they came up, and they remember how others will be able to come up. There is one in particular that I want to recognize here, Citadel's CEO, Ken Griffin. Oh, hell yeah. Have you yeah. guys seen this dude? No, yes, this of guy. of course. The guy's he, a living legend. Yeah, he really earned it. I mean, but honestly, honestly, I feel like there was a, an element of, of uh, what was that 1980s commercial in your in your voice there? Dean Witter. Oh, yeah, Dean Witter. <laughs> Dean Witter. Man, that's a deep cut. That's but a man, deep cut. man, Ken Griffin, he really is a wonderful guy. I mean, he started his fun in his dorm room. I mean, he's an American success story. And he's story. supposed to be, like, super good at poker. High, extremely highly respected guy. Very smart guy. And, I mean, he is an, another example of someone who lets their action do the talking, moving his business to Florida. Because he knows, I mean, listen, if you're in Chicago, 
not the best place. Number one, they hate you. They hate you, right? Like, yeah. Like the mayor of that town want, has essentially legalized crime. So like good luck running a company there where your employees are worried if they're going to get murdered on the way to work. He's like, listen, I, uh, this place, Florida, seems like they've got some competent leadership. How can I help make sure other Americans don't go through what me and all my employees go through in Chicago? He's given to the cause. He's given to the Republicans. He's good at poker? Yeah, that's what I've heard. Well, I imagine I'm he's not, good at almost everything. I'm going I'm mean, I'm to challenge him to a head. 100%, dude. A head-to-head head head, Texas Hold'em, me. I don't think I could afford his buy-in. But <laughs> Jeez, I was going to say, this is the worst idea you've ever had. It's going to be. I, this is I like fully single, support this. But how do I put willing, an end to this before it dude, starts? But if he'd, will, <laughs> if, be if he'd be willing to something, you know, pot limited, where I don't have Duncan to is good. Duncan's no joke at Mortgage my house. I no, will, he's very good. But I, I will I, challenge him for charity. One one v one. Dude, I want to see Texas this. Hold'em. I yeah, no, this, this guy has a billion dollars because he loses a lot. Um, no, anyway, he, does, he, does. <laughs> <laughs> he would lose to me in Texas Hold'em. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. You know what? Like, if you're listening, Casein, uh, my buddy Casein, who works over there, uh, let's set it up. Let's let's try not to make this happen. I'll work with you. <laughs> Uh, we should it, get him on the show, though. I mean, the guy is a living legend. He should. So anyway, the, I mean, the long wraparound of this is this is a guy who's given $100 million in the midterm. Spread it around, right? Trying to get House and Senate uh, candidates elected. But what a what a gentleman. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. this is a guy who's, I mean, his situation is not immune at all to the economic situation going on around us. Right. right. And yet, he thinks it's so important for the future of his country that he's in for a hundred million dollars here. I mean, good lord! And the C- the CNBC article says part of this is because it could be because he saw Soros Fund Management uh, founder George Soros has given uh, one hundred twenty-eight million to Dems. Yeah. So KG came through and dropped a hundred mil to help the good guys. Man, you gotta like that. Well, one of the reasons why uh, or, or, or what he makes available by doing that uh-huh. is to start playing in states with great candidates one we know very well which is joe day in oh, colorado this guy's one of the best candidates we have in the entire country yeah. totally yeah. just such a good guy you heard him here first very early on yeah in the primary before everybody knew his name now he's getting to be a big deal because he's really taking the boots to michael bennett a sitting senator in colorado but it was made public in politico yesterday that uh, SLF, the Senate Leadership Fund, Stephen Laws, we had in the program last week, they're going into Colorado to try to take them. And that's a state that I, I think everybody thought was sort of beyond the limit mm-hmm. of where Republicans could afford it. Well, and, and SLF and Stephen Law, I mean, you listeners here listened last week to Stephen Law. This isn't a guy who fucks around, <laughs> you know, like this is a guy no. who knows what he's doing. You're not spending that money in Colorado unless you think you can move numbers. No, yeah. and, and everybody, totally right. everybody in town calls Michael Bennett Senator Wallflower. Yeah, because he doesn't do he a just goddamn hides. thing. He hides. He's a terrible senator. He hides until Schumer says, "I need your yes vote," and he says, "Okay, yes, sir." Yes, sir. He's also softer than Giza Sheets. Man, <laughs> really and Giza is. Sheets, let me tell you, softer. I mean, those are pretty damn soft, bro. That was good, Holmes. <laughs> well, Joe Day is a guy. If, if you haven't haven't had a chance to listen to his interview on the program, I encourage you to to, and, and to go back in, and listen to folks it. Folks in Colorado, you got to vote for O'Day. Get family friends to vote for O'Day. It's it's a tough time in Colorado right now. Well, he's a construction. Russell Wilson made a mess of the Broncos. <laughs> oh, we a need a ray time. of hope. We need O'Day. <laughs> it's a tough time. <laughs> 
He's he's a construction guy. He's not a politician. He came up from the private sector and from the from the bottom in the private sector and worked his way up. And I just encourage you to listen to the interview and and think about him. If you're if you're in Colorado, you have to get out and vote for Joe O'Day. Another thing that happened, uh, we talked about Arizona in the context of the Senate race. Arizona, it's Arizona now. Arizona, Carrie Lake has been making a lot of noise out there. First of all, this is not a lady to be trifled. With. No. No. In any form or fashion, as is observed by her opponent, evidently, right? So everybody's having all of these debates and whatnot, uh, but they can't get one scheduled here. Hmm. They can't get one scheduled here. Weird. Yeah. She, so Hobbs is completely terrified of Carrie Lake, who, uh, for folks who have not been following this race, I highly encourage you just like Google or search on Twitter for Carrie Lake because there are so many videos of journalists trying to run some like talking point or something that that some left wing uh, some some dem operative gave them and carry like anything a dem says to her she just turns right back around and power dunks on them like totally. it, this is like she has like a superpower of dunking on people who go after her which is why like uh uh Hobbs is like I absolutely will not <laughs> debate this person I do not want to sit there in a dunking contest <laughs> I actually don't blame Hobbs. No, like, no, it'll be a dunk tank. It's like, I actually it's don't. Like, blame do I want to try and dunk on Vince Carter? Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, I feel like, yeah, Carrie Lake's going with the elbow in the rim. I mean, it's, it's like I would love to see that debate, and I guarantee it's not going to happen because Hobbs is terrified. Polling has shown Lake like surging so hard. Yeah, incredibly strong and capable candidate. She did work in. T- she was an anchor, right? Yeah, she was mm-hmm. a news anchor so, for I mean, many, I'm, many years. Like presents so well, does a great job of telling a compelling story, hits the talking points that matter to to, to voters. Laser focused on victory. I mean, man, I, I I want her to win so bad. Oh, I do too. I do too. But you know, it's interesting. You see a lot of other Democratic candidates, some incumbents even, that are trying to avoid debates at all and you've seen republicans you've seen republicans take debates that are not really on fair footing Mm -hmm. just so they can get in the room but like the one that we're involved with in nevada is hysterical adam laxall accepted three debates on neutral footing right these are like statewide network stuff no friends. Like right? NBC. Yeah. Well, NBC right, right. offers a debate right. and he takes it. And you saw Catherine Cortez Masto take like, well, if you put me in the middle of a college gymnasium with a bunch of Democratic da- activists sponsored by the League of Women Voters, then I'm interested. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what I mean? And then she's like, why won't he take the debate? Yeah. You know, and so I, I think like I have a, an idea. We'll do we'll do a debate sponsored by the NRA at a gun range. How does that sound? <laughs> yeah. I would love that debate where every time you say something yeah. terrible, we fire off yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. No, it. So so you're going to see some more of this coming down. If you're not seeing a lot of debates in your home state races, I can tell you why that is. They can't defend the economy. It's yeah. prevent defense. They dude. can't it defend is, any of this stuff. It, like their last, they have a, 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 just this last bit of hope that by some miracle, if they can run out the clock, like maybe it's close enough that we can sneak by. Because if there's any opportunity for them to be held to account for what they've done, the past two years have been hell for Americans in this country. Mm-hmm. It's been horrific. The number of Americans who have suffered from 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 these crushing prices, who have suffered from crime, 
like Americans today are living in fear on a daily basis of, am I going to be able to make my bills? You know, am I going to get carjacked? Like the, 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 the number of crimes of murder, assault, rape that have skyrocketed across this country. Do you think any damn candidate needs to be like, actually, I voted yes on every one of the bills possible that's responsible yeah, for, for, this for, for the president who I'm too afraid to have come campaign for me. Yeah. Right. Cowards. Amazing. Yeah. Cowards. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So anyway, keep an eye on all that stuff. Uh, here's an interesting thing. Uh, Tim Scott pointed out uh, over the weekend on Fox News. He wrote an op-ed. The Keystone Pipeline, which we've talked about a lot, mm-hmm. but we sort of lost sight on where that was in the development hmm. because it was canceled. Right, 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 I mean, right away, first day. Day one, Biden, Biden killed day. it. His first thing to do. Biden, Biden, Biden went back through the Keystone Pipeline's old tweets, <laughs> and saw some suspect <laughs> yeah. stuff, and got him canceled. canceled. <laughs> got him canceled. Yeah. So, so if you were to just not have that happen, like if you just reverse time, go back to the future with it, and that never happened, the United States imports nearly six hundred thousand barrels a day from Russia. Currently, it would have made up been made up by 800,000 barrels of oil from the Keystone pipeline Ugh. every day it had they kept it's, that it's just stunning i mean that's fresh oil coming straight out of the alberta sound sands and, yeah right and, and going, meanwhile going down to the gulf of mexico to be refined that's it, a that's north american energy that's we money that's money in the pockets of of american energy workers that's money in the pockets of every American who's paying for energy right now in this country. And besides that, currently the Biden administration is trying to relax uh, rules on like dictatorship countries like Venezuela. Yeah. Like, hey, let's like not let's roll back uh, uh, some of the positions that we've got on Venezuela so we can start bringing their oil in. Like Joe Biden cares more about getting them a deal than the American it, worker. It, like, it's, it's wild. It's exactly. Dude, it's a great point. And they've got this bill, NOPEC. Have you seen that? They're going to put out a resolution that says we don't like OPEC out of the House Democrats. How about just drilling here in <laughs> yeah. North America? They're like, if only there was some oil we could find. All they do is every—it's just bullshit. Well, this coming is the kind of dumb side. fuckery, and it reminds me of everything that Schumer does. Right? It's like, okay, we've got a political liability. Let's just put a bumper sticker on something and right. just say we're doing it. We like, did it. No pack. Okay, right. that's terrific. How about you just shut the fuck up, reopen the the pipeline and now we don't have any more problems and you to me what this what this affirms more than anything is is the political realignment that we've seen where to to democrats what they want is to they feel like they can be absolved of their sins if they believe we are saving mother earth by not drilling in america we'll just buy the oil uh and have venezuela drill it for us well here's here's, here's, but they're, they're like it may be more expensive but hey we're all rich right guys who gives a shit here's here's the here's the thing smug here's the thing smug in Venezuela, they're much more committed to Mother Earth oh, yeah. than the Democrats yeah. who run the EPA. Oh, no question I will about tell it. you that. It's not like, you know, energy, no question like about energy producers in America, number one, have to like live with the most like crippling like uh, uh, rules on like how they must be ultra clean and efficient with how they drill the energy. The cleanest fuel comes out of America, and that's who the, who the Biden regime has targeted. Meanwhile, they're begging OPEC for oil and being told, you know, you know, Go F yourself. You're not getting our oil. And then uh, they're like, okay, Venezuela, listen, maybe we roll back sanctions. You let us have some oil. Like, it's more concern for them to maintain this image of, oh, you know, we we like the Green New Deal. Meanwhile, you know, we're going to give cash to Venezuela for oil that could have been produced here domestically cheaper, 
cleaner, and provided money to Americans. It's literally all pretend. It is. For anybody listening who ever watched Mr. Rogers growing up, it's the neighborhood of make-believe. That is. <laughs> the Democrats Dude, literally take the trolley into a fake neighborhood <laughs> where we pretend that everything is clean and green and just going <laughs> to be wonderful for America. Like and in reality, we're just buying oil from the Russians and the Venezuelans and the Saudis. How about we just drill here and give people jobs? Right now... This government is controlled, the White House, the Senate, the House, by people who believe that they can control the weather if they're nice enough. And if you believe and you vote for enough Dems, we can control the weather. That's right. Vote for Democrats and there won't be any more hurricanes. Th- exactly. I heard that. That's That's their concern. Not that everything is more expensive for Americans. To them, the issue is I want to feel good about themselves, not Americans are suffering as an elected official. It's my job to serve my constituents. That's the whole story right there. Right now, Republicans are fighting against these policies that have caused the prices for everything to skyrocket. Life has become incredibly difficult for Americans right now. And the only concern that Democrats have is, okay, well, you know, a bunch of my donors in Silicon Valley think that, uh, you know, we should build solar panels and buy oil from Venezuela instead. I think that's a great idea. You know, screw screw the working class. And mm. so that's how this is, you know, we've got, what, 29 days to hold these people accountable. Everyone needs that fire in your belly. Totally. Totally. All right. So... I think we should play a game. Let's lighten it up. We should. I think we need to play Claim to Fame. Yes. Don't you know who I am? Remember my name. Claim. Brainworm takes forever. You're going to like my post most. I feel engagement forever. Broken brain takes with no shame. Claim. Hot takes up to 11 Saving Joe Biden from blame Claim It's gonna live forever Ronnie, remember my name Remember, 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 remember Yeah, such a good song That was a fun song to record It was Uh, So for our new listeners, of which there are many uh, Claim to Fame is a game in which I read four tweets Three have been retweeted by White House Chief of Staff and Twitter brainworm lib Ron Klain, one which has not been retweeted by him. Smug and Holmes have to decide which one was not retweeted. This is tweet number one. This is uh, Dean Baker, who tweets out a link to a CEPR.net story. The media's war against Biden over inflation. Here are some of my favorites in this tradition. He has no shame. Who says this? The uh, the the subheader there is the nonstop hype of inflation, inflation, inflation. The Unsu- nonstop hype? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is Come, just you, unsu- kidding, unsurprisingly man. leads many people to believe inflation is really a really big problem. Dude, journos hate the working class so much. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. Wait, who the fuck is Dean Baker? Who is Dean Baker, Ashbrook? That's a good question. Have you ever heard that? Heard of that guy? Sounds like an asshole to me. He's <laughs> no. Not for, not, well, not I know. He's, a, he's a fucking economist. There you go. <laughs> At the Center for Economic and Policy Research. This is his oh, this is outfit. A C, this is a C3, C4 fail sign. Yeah, he's, he's got, he's got 67,000 followers to read his dog shit every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Now that I have his credentials. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, statement number two. This is a tweet from Biden's wins. This is a um, Twitter account. Oh, God. It's one of the worst, too. Yeah. Wait, the Twitter account's called Biden's wins? Biden's wins. And it's run by some, like, 10-year-old, like, some kid. And, oh like, of course, the, the Biden administration loves him. You can't have any life experience and have a Twitter account called Biden's wins. <laughs> yeah. This kid must yeah. get squirrelied so hard. Yeah. Um, President Biden has confer- confirmed he will support codifying Roe v. Wade into law if we deliver two more Democratic senators. Let's make it happen. <laughs> well, this is the thing they cod- could have codified for 40 years that they didn't do, but if you just yeah, like two yeah. more Dems, totally. we're going to do it, we're guys. Do it. We're going to do it. We waited for the Republicans to win to do it. Okay. <laughs> Tweet number three from the brainworm queen, Jennifer Rubin. Mm. Biden's move demonstrates how actions that correct racial inequality can benefit the broader society. Rectifying injustice against black and brown people helps chip away at a racial barrier but it also helps everyone affected by bad policy. Wait, what is the context to that? Is that is this that the trying- marijuana thing? The mar- he's going to expunge or Oh, this is that when he was going he was going he asked all of the governors of the country to to basically commute the sentences yeah. of anybody convicted of a marijuana possession marijuana crime. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm telling you the the timing was completely uh you know, he has Mayor Garland run in and be like, Mr. President, they're going to arrest your son. He's like, oh, shit, I'm going to legalize weed. <laughs> and then Merrick's like, no, wait, it wasn't weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, can, we le- can we legalize crack rock? Yeah. <laughs> is pulling guns on hookers illegal, Merrick? He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it is far past time that America <laughs> revisit the long prejudiced view of pulling a gun on a hooker. <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember what got? You guys remember what got Hunter kicked out of the military? It was he tested positive for cocaine, and he was like, "Oh, I I bummed a cigarette from a guy, and I thought it tasted a little weird." Oh, I thought that was strange. They never they never warned you about the cocaine cigarette. Coco puff, coco puff, a little coco puff, a banana boat, banana boat. If you haven't seen, listeners, if you haven't seen the movie Flight, I highly recommend it. (laughs) Banana boat. Okay, so that's uh, Jennifer Rubin. Tweet number four. This is from YouGov America. Last week, President Biden's job approval rating among registered voters reached its highest point. No way. Since August 2021. Approve 47, disapprove 49. They, so they t- wait. Oh my gosh! This is so. You've given us something to think about. Something here. to think about. Do you think he retweeted a poll that has oh. his president underwater? <laughs> so here's the thing. I- <laughs> Sample size: three hundred. Target the old executive office building. <laughs> <laughs> He's a forty-seven percent of the EEOB. <laughs> I just, I just love that it's it's it's, it's October. It's October of an election year, and there's still people polling registered voters rather than likely voters. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's because they did do likely first, and like, oh, oh, that. the numbers are too bad for Biden. <laughs> we didn't care for that. I'm gonna secretly oh, translate. Okay, hold on, I'm turning around. Okay. And I'm gonna really enjoy talking these out. Okay. All right, it's been transmitted. All right, so here, 
here's my thought here. I don't know that Dean Baker is a real person, <laughs> right? And I so my view of Dean Baker is that the only reason that the judge and jury would know who Dean Baker is is if if he actually retweeted. Oh, that is that's kung fu thing. That's kung fu. Wow, that's kung fu. So I'm going to go with the retweet on one. Okay, wow. that is sick. Here's I was just gonna say like ninety percent of economists are bullshit. If they knew what they were doing, they'd be running a fund or <laughs> making money. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think that if I don't know who he is, that Duncan does, doesn't. I, I just, you know, there's something there. Anyway, two, the Biden wins thing. Um, here's the problem, and I'm, why I'm going to withhold ultimately where I fall on this is that it is an overt, an overt breach of the Hatch Act. Is it? Well, because yeah. because these are all from the official White House mm. account that he has. However. This, and this happened is, before. This is an important mm. point for us to discuss here on the Variety Program. Is previously, he has RT'd stuff that was a violation of the Hatch Act. And in fact, I think, Holmes, at one point you said that... They he, brought some down. They brought some down. They deleted it. Yeah. I think well, you there's noticed some, that the internal investigation is not exactly as, uh, shall we say, aggressive I, as it was of, like, I didn't you know, see Trump any, administration. I didn't see any articles about how this is inappropriate. Yeah. But anybody who says, basically, we need to deliver two Senate seats mm-hmm. to codify Roe v. Wade. I mean, what they're what they're trying to do, obviously, is is advocate for a position in an election. Yeah. Which is, you know, that that's that's where people find themselves in trouble. So let me set that one aside for a second. Because of the Yeah. Initially I would say that one he didn't retweet because he doesn't want to end up in legal trouble, but because he's done it before. Well let's set it aside. So, like, you know, Merrick Garland or the multiple FBI agents who are listening because they're worried if we're going to tell parents to go to a PTA meeting, <laughs> that may be a violation of the Hatch Act. Right. <laughs> Pretty sure you're, you care about that. Ruben, with the marijuana crime rectifying injustice, is a real puzzler to me because, one, you know she wrote it because of Ron Klain. Yeah. Right? He pitched her the thing because nobody else would write it because it's dog shit. Yeah. So she she wrote it. Does he have the obligation to actually retweet it or not? Some say yes. Some say no. Let's go to number four. YouGov America. Does somebody in the position of Ron Klain retweet something that shows his boss in October of an election year underwater? Yeah. Unequivocally, yes. <laughs> Unequivocally, he absolutely does that. Yeah, so I because thought, the alternative to forty-seven, forty-nine is where it actually is, right, which, which is, is in the fucking thirties. So I, I thought he did it because he's just that much of a dumbass. Like he's a very like Ron Klain's an incredibly dumb guy, very so, stupid. Man. Uh, so to me, it, it boils down to whether he committed an overt violation of the Hatch Act, okay, or whether something that literally nobody cares about, but that he obviously is in charge of promoting. Uh, the marijuana one. Yeah. Okay. So does the promotion, you know what? I'm, I, and then I also have to factor in for me 
the jujitsu that the judge and jury yep. Yep. does. Sometimes I, I so do that. so for new listeners, you know, Duncan and we all know that Ron Klain's a fan of Jen Rubin. And there's definitely a nexus where like you know she'll shoot him her tweet, he he'll retweet it, and uh, Duncan knows we know this, and sometimes he may pick a Jen Rubin tweet that wasn't Ron Klain retweeted. So and this you always got to think about that. And this one strikes strikes me as particularly unpersuasive for what they're trying to accomplish here in October. So I'm going to say he did not... Ah, fuck. Yeah. I'm going to say he did not retweet... No, jeez, I'm Do just it. so stuck on this. It's it, This is a tough one. You got to you gotta worry things. about me because I'm always thinking three steps ahead. Yeah, I know. It. This is why I'm going to beat Ken Griffin at Texas Hold'em. God. I'm going to say he did we not that. retweet Jennifer Rubin. Okay. That was my guess. You're both wrong. Wow. He did not retweet Biden wins. Wow. But I, I jiu-jitsu you. You I, did. I, I think he hijacked. I'm always thinking th- three but, steps ahead like I a think, carpenter who builds stairs. But I could swear. I, I, I could swear he has retweeted Biden wins. Oh, a lot. And that's why I put it in there. There was actually a story about how he DM'd the account, I think, at some point. Oh, man. Or one of these loser accounts. Anyway, that's the reason why I put it in there. Can he House did not Republicans RT. get his ass in trouble for that when we take the majority? Oh, we should. I don't know about that, but you know what I've learned here is I think that we need to stake the old man in a in a poker game against Ken Griffin. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That would because the thing is is that Duncan's good at poker, but staking him. Well, but I mean, up to a certain point. <laughs> I mean, a hundred bucks. How how dare you? How, how dare you? Ken Griffin's going to roll up friend. for a hundred dollar buy. I believe in you. <laughs> I believe he's good at everything. I'm not. Look, look, look. I'm not saying he's bad at poker. I'm just saying it seems like a throwaway bio thing for every like financial titan in America that they're also good at poker. Like I've seen billions, you know, like it seems like the thing that they all say, like, I'm also good at poker. I'm going to call Kaysen. I'll call Kaysen. Okay. Yes. We'll, I'll, I'll call yes. we'll find out. We're going to find out. And we could do play by play here on the variety program. We I, could. Yeah. Oh, we, should, we would live stream that too. Which by the way is the only thing I've really ever wanted to do in life is play by play for something. So if I can do play by play for this. Good. <laughs> can you imagine? We're good. Great event. I want Ashbrook to be the dealer, and I want him to wear the little vest. <laughs> Changing 500. <laughs> good luck, everybody. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh. It's so good. So, Doug's the one thing we wanted to get into here, because you took it upon yourself to do the impossible and actually watch a Showtime documentary of the Lincoln Project. I did. I did a public service. I can't believe you watched it. Can I, before this, can I ask a, a question get the actual truth? Yeah. All right, so so one thing Duncan always has in his place is this really great barrel-proof Elijah Craig. The Elijah Craig. Yeah, no, I was he, deep into he it. He had to be deep in that. What yeah. is bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> had to be. Yeah, the barrel-proof, I mean, that's like gasoline. It's delicious. Is the dangerous part of it. But, the, the, you know, what I love about it is it doesn't try to be sweet. It's just a real no. Bourbon. It's a it's a it's a real good deal. It's, it's not yeah, like, like you, know, you know. I like Maker's Mark. I like it, but it's a little sometimes a little too sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, Elijah Craig. I was a lot into that. I'd watched a lot of football, and I was like, let's roll this into something else I'll enjoy, and that is watching these dipshits blow two hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. I so it's on Showtime. Uh, we have it through I guess there's like the Hulu bundle or whatever so I can watch it through Hulu as well for listeners who are wondering like how the hell do I watch this I don't have Showtime Um, you can also watch it on Hulu so I only watched the first three episodes wait they dropped like 
did it didn't just start this it did but you can you can they watch the them all on, on demand i think I, I i don't know i watched three and so the whole thing it's just wild dude being a lib must be so easy yeah it, is. it must be so fucking easy because the whole show starts with them absconding to park city to save america <laughs> You're like going and like hanging out in a mansion with like well-appointed rooms and roaring fires to talk about how, you know, the American people have been led astray by Donald Trump. And it's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> it's also because they're like, step one of save democracy, buy a mansion in Utah. <laughs> they're like, guys, should we spend on voter contacts? No. <laughs> buy a mansion in Utah. <laughs> Is it ski in, ski out? I don't know. That'll make a difference. Yeah. In yeah. society. You know, and... I think the thing that's really interesting with this documentary, obviously, like, the first few episodes, a lot of fluff, and obviously, like, sort of building up these guys and this Mission of Lincoln project. This is, just for everybody who is not aware, and if you listen to the show, you probably are, it's Steve Schmidt and Reed Galen and, and what's the Ron Steslow and Mike Madrid. Yeah, yeah, and what's the Stuart Stevens? Stuart guy? Stevens, and then and then and the perv, and then the perv. What's the perv's name? Uh, John Weaver. Yeah, Oof. Weaver, Weaver Man Shannon. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, so uh, you know they spend a lot of time basically building up. You know these the bona fides of these. People. Oh yeah, they're, they're very important. Very they've, important. They've lost mm-hmm. basically everything they've touched. Everything in they've years. touched, yeah. and just like, and also sort of key to their brand as it's understood in this you know um documentary is that they are gunslingers they're hired guns these guys are mercenaries these are hard-nosed real men you know and so there's this sort of like performative max masculinity that happens in it where they like well because this is this is a part of it and look i I will say this about steve i don't know about the rest of them steve's a smart dude yeah and i worked with steve for a long time wait which ones do schmidt schmidt yeah he's a smart dude. pineapple guy come on man no no no. he's a very smart dude. i mean he's smart at like bilking people out of their money exactly that's that's the point that i'm about to make is that this dude understands that the ethos (laughs) of the democratic party is this underlying angst right this underlying angst that will never beat Republicans because we're not tough. We're not enough. tough enough. Yeah. If right? we just hired some of their guys, some real tough guys, some smart guys, some street guys who are willing to get down in the muck, we'll finally win and we'll beat the Republicans in their own see game. That? Did you ever see <laughs> that? That was the whole sales pitch of the Lincoln Project. Yeah, absolutely. Ever, did you ever see that shitty like George Clooney movie years ago, The Ides of March? Yeah. Where like the whole point, like five minutes of the movie, was like. What Dem's got to do is we got to finally get in the mud and fight the elephants for the first time. Like yeah. there's this weird chip no. on the shoulder. Yeah, that's what it from is from the group who gets like conservatives kicked off of every right. media platform, right? Like who they sends, don't get in the mud. Who they send mobs it to the, the House of Supreme Court justices that like we're not scumbags enough. It's it's the profound insecurity of the modern left that allows a bunch of dipshit losers yes. on the right to raise hundreds of millions of dollars from them. That was a That's that what it is. They've, they've exploited this deep psychological angst that they have. Yep. Anyway, so the, you know, they have this p- part of that brand like you pointed out there Holmes is this sort of performative masculinity where they do this um they're going skeet shooting or some bullshit and and you got like Stuart Stevens, like you know he's gonna he's gonna shoot the shotgun, and like they're whole they're, they hand him the shotgun. <laughs> let's okay, let's be honest. They hand him the shotgun. The guy's not fucking loading it. He's not racking the thing. They hand him the gun and he points it, and they're like they're gunslingers. Are you uh, serious? They're, gu- they're gunslingers, 
And it's like, I don't think that guy could, could raise that gun fully loaded on his own. There's bruise on his shoulder. Yeah, right. It's probably terrible. Anyway. So he, gave, a, he gave Obama a second term, so they'll call him whatever he wants right. to be called. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing to me. It's like, not, like, none of these clowns got any Ws, right? They're just like L's. Professional L's. Yeah. Professional L's. That's why it starts L, Lincoln Project. <laughs> Loser Project. <laughs> Donald Trump got it right. I, anyway, so there's a lot of shit in there that's really fascinating for people who do this professionally. I think, you know, number one, you know, there's one scene in there where there, you know, somebody asks the obvious question, which is like, how do we know if any of this is effective? Because one of the biggest slams in the Lincoln Project was like, all right, this is just chum in the water. Like you're you are writing ads either to troll Donald Trump or to talk to people who already agree with you. Yeah. Right. Like none of these ads are actually persuasive to people who are independent voters or undecided voters or people you think that you are trying to win. At yep. least your sales pitch publicly is like, we are going to get Republicans who don't like Donald Trump. We're going to get these independents. We're going to mobilize them for Joe Biden. And this, I don't know who it was, somebody on Mike Madrid's data team, digital team is like, we can track how long people watch the videos. And it's like, dude, that doesn't tell you if the ad is effective at all. <laughs> it tells you you might be targeting a bunch of liberals in California for $15 and trying to get them to donate to you. Maybe that's why they watch it for 15 seconds or 30 seconds or, the, or whatever. Or the Zoomers scrolling through their phone instead of like hitting next on the YouTube on the computer. Right, but just or the, journos. Right, right. right? But, but just think about the fact that they raised and spent hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's the, the best, level of expertise. That's the level of expertise. Yeah. It's not like we ran a control and exposure experiment. It's not like we did a brand lift study through YouTube or Google or whatever. No, we watched how long people watch the ads and, and that's you, how we know. You know and everybody's like brilliant 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 and, 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 and I think it's it's you know along the lines of what Holmes said is that like their core competency clearly is not in like winning elections right they do get some credit in knowing how to like manipulate journos into thinking these are like gunslingers and who the modern left it's it's not just journos it's the modern left it, it are people that are profoundly insecure that have a leftist worldview that believe that you need some kind of a tough guy mm -hmm. in order to actually push back on conservative values, right? Somebody, and you can only get that from somebody who was formerly a conservative. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Because it doesn't, they can't breed that from the liberal left. It has to come mm -hmm. from somebody who's beaten on us in elections. Apparently, nobody did any resume checks on these cats because they haven't beaten a goddamn thing. And it's well, hilarious because they can be like, listen, no one's more effective at electing Dems than us. So, <laughs> so, so, but, and this is where the turn happens because I think they actually kind of did, Holmes. Like, I, I think the producers of this show were smart enough to know that if they pointed cameras in their direction for long enough, they were going to give them enough rope to hang themselves. No kidding. Oh, really? Because <clears throat> it's not a lot. There's not a ton of commentary. And obviously, there's some. Like, some of the editing choices were obviously designed to, like, make them look bigger and better than they are and everything. But most of it is in their own words. Like, they are the they ones let them say pumping it. themselves up, right? And then at the end, I think of episode three rick wilson calls uh i think steve schmidt i can't remember i'd had a lot of elijah craig at this point so excuse me if i'm not exactly getting the continuity correct here but uh calls uh schmidt and is like hey we got to talk about john weaver 
Mm. Uh oh! And it's about to fucking turn. The turn. Wait, what, is that the? You said that's the last episode where it, that's, that's the last the, one he li- he watched. I watched so this like the third episode, and earlier in that episode was some really incredible foreshadowing by the Showtime team, and I got to give them a lot of credit. But there is a woman who I think is working maybe in operations or or something, say, who says, you know, I talk to John Weaver every day. Please stop with the interns, John. Like, we were going to have a hundred of them before election day. It's like, how am I going to manage all of this? Little oh does she probably God. know at the time that John Weaver allegedly, 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 lawyers, lawyers, lawyers. Yeah, but I mean, but that like, he was he was basically using the Lincoln Project as a carrot to recruit young boys, some of them underage, sexually you know yeah trying to date right these, and, trying and, to date these. and even beyond alleged like i think even the new york times once like a, a bunch of conservative media outlets started covering this and i think even the times got the screenshots of like weaver yeah these are underage boys that soliciting he's, that he's he's like hey i'll give you an internship if you do like horrific things well Whoa. so all right so 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 anyway so so the, that terrible. i think the third episode the last one i watched i think it was the third ends with this this call with with rick wilson and we got to deal with the john weaver situation it's sort of a cliffhanger i stopped watching uh there number one because i was out of elijah craig (laughs) but number two because that was a big bottle did you (laughs) (laughs) must have been a tough show to watch (laughs) well but we also put a major dent in that thing when the broncos and the colts had their field goal i mean that was necessary that was a horrible (laughs) case um but at that point i was like holy sh- like we have to like i gotta get the fellas in on this i think we need to do like a mystery science theater oh wow of this, of this what show a great That's, idea it is a great idea what i think a great idea well I, we all bring bring different perspectives from it right i mean well yeah i mean you i work you've worked you've worked with these people yeah. directly yeah right yeah like i you know i i work on the digital side so like i know the bullshit that they were selling and what was real and what was fake and that's sort of funny for me you know yeah um i've never lost a campaign so it's really hard for me to relate (laughs) (laughs) you know that also gets me is like the, the the thing is that like you think about these clowns who have such a like horrible win loss record like absolutely atrocious like part of this is like the brain trust that 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 lost it from it in 2012 right yeah. making horrible decisions on yeah. that like especially like with the buy thing like wasn't wasn't Stu Stevens getting money out of that like Rambler setup wherever they had for the money like these are not the sharpest tools in the shed these are people with horrible win loss records you never you know you never hear a story about the actually quality operatives who are out there that actually can get the job right. done yeah, and there are a lot of them there are yeah. well there's a few sitting in this room I would say yeah Hopefully. Well, hopefully we can associate with a lot more. I mean, we do associate with a lot more. But to your point, I mean, these guys run to the media, right? They're like the the, the guys who are associated with And because journos love it because these guys will give them the dumbest quotes that they want. You know, because like journos journos don't want to be actual journalists whose purpose is, you know, to like uh, afflict the comfortable and bring comfort to the afflicted. Journos are like, I want a sizzle quote. And you'll be able to get one of these clowns to be like, oh, uh, Donald Trump poo poo pee peed with a Russian prostitute. And like, front page. Right. Let's go. Yeah. So I think we break it all down. I think right now at the turn there after episode three or whatever is the perfect time for us to do a, you know, mystery science theater. How do you want to do it? I think we're going to do it on YouTube. I don't know when exactly we'll do it. We're gonna we're gonna do it at some point here. I mean, everyone's Dude, got their I, schedules. I am one hundred percent on board for this. Okay. Yeah, I'm too. So, if you're listening right now and that sounds very interesting to you and you would like to see it, 
Um, go subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com backslash C backslash Ruthless Podcast, or just put Ruthless Podcast into the YouTube thing. Find it, subscribe, because we are going to put it up. You'll get the notification, then subscribe. Oh, that's to a good page. idea. That's yeah. a really good idea. And, and, and you should idea. shoot out a tweet from our account. Yeah. Like, here's the link to the, because I'm in. Yeah, I, like this. I sounds think it'll like be a great idea. So much fun, and we'll open another. <laughs> we'll open another bottle of Elijah Craig at the top of the There's show. There's just no way I can get through without that. Yeah. There's just no episode way. two when the paramecs show up and just haul me out. Guys, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Great recap, Dunks. One more thing I wanted to put into this show because I, I this was news to me before we got our briefing doc here today. PayPal. Yes. This is important. They had a user agreement that was fining users up to $2,500 for promoting, quote unquote, misinformation. Hmm. Uh, They say it was sent in error, Hmm. their spokesman says. I don't buy that. Um, So this is from Fox Business. A new PayPal user agreement uh, threatens to find users up to $2,500 if they use the service to promote misinformation, and it was sent out in error, according to their spokesman. Uh, an updated PayPal acceptable use policy effective November 3 included an expansion of prohibited activities, which includes the ending, posting, or publication of messages, content, or materials that meet certain criteria. Mm. Smug. This is, okay, so this is very horrific because this is, like I've said before, you know, one of the things that the left does well is they don't, you know, they don't stop trying to ruin an individual's life. They want to make sure that person doesn't have a job. That person can't use a bank. They want to completely gut any opposition and ruin that individual's and, life. And, and if, you say, if you say stuff like that, Smug, the media says, oh, you're a conspiracy yeah, theorist. Yeah. They would never come to that. Yeah. And what I would love to know from this PayPal spokesperson about how this went out in error, it's like, what the fuck? Is this is this your terms of con- in conditions like in drafts? Like, how how, exactly. how, does, this, how does this get does sent out in error? Totally. Why was this ever in written? error well, is not an explanation. Right, right, right. right. Not. Why was this ever written in the fucking first place? Who is this it? This sounds like communist china like right. this is like a social is, credit system this is a hundred percent that a hundred percent that like um, think, think about the way that they the, <laughs> think about the way that the left is trying to control money at this point where like you've already had biden's irs being like hey if we see you've done six hundred dollars in venmo transactions uh the irs is gonna come for you it's like okay. everybody laughs at me for owning gold and this is why i own gold <laughs> dude this is why I use you cash, even like dude. the feel of gold Ven- well, I'm just saying. I don't even use Venmo or shit anymore because, like, look at this. Like, it's gone to the point, and, and, and what's really killer is they don't give any kind of a reasoned explanation of what they consider, quote, misinformation. It's completely on them. They are judge, jury, and executioner dealing with an individual's also, money. Also, misinformation where exactly? Is is PayPal monitoring my other well, now, social media well, accounts? Now, now PayPal has apparently a judgment for that, right? So who is it that they've hired? Well, that's the thing is the beauty of it is they don't need to hire it because there's all these left-wing organizations who are always looking for wrong think and, this and ready is, to it, be to, like, hey, you need to get protested. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're going after your PayPal account. We covered this last week, but one of the biggest mistakes that all the social media uh, companies made in the aftermath of the 2016 election was to link what they said was misinformation to media fact checks. Mm. Right. Correct. Right. 
And then the media fact checks immediately became something that they weren't before. They became entirely partisan mouthpieces. Correct. So anything that was objective fact, they had to shade as a half-truth. Right. right. Anything that was, you know, sort of like up to somebody's interpretation was a pants on fire. And then right. even for purely, purely partisan reasons, like we saw that the New York Post, a newspaper started by Alexander Hamilton, was shut down because they published facts, what we know to be facts, about Hunter Biden and his laptop. Well, just think about and think about like BuzzFeed and all their coverage of the RussiaGate nonsense totally. that all turned out to be fake. If they had a PayPal account, it'd be so fucking negative right now. <laughs> <laughs> you, so you think you but think, it wouldn't? You think that you <laughs> think right. going to find? You think PayPal's going to find all of these uh, liberal no. mainstream media organizations? No, no. I was just hoping. No, I mean. So anyway, I think the most important part about this is that they didn't do any retraction on their own. They were contacted by Fox Business. And at that point, Fox Business got a statement from a PayPal spokesperson say that it w- saying that it went out in error. I'd say, dude, leave PayPal. Leave pa- that's my advice to Leave everybody. PayPal. Leave PayPal. Leave. Don't, uh, definitely, definitely don't carry a balance in there. Do not. Yeah, I mean. Pull d- your cash. Don't use them. Just we, don't. We, we have to, on our side, start holding these clowns accountable who think that they can be, uh, you know, a part of, of of the left wing organization, which is completely focused on trying to silence conservatives, elect Democrats, and 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 anyone who disagrees with them. Now they're gonna they're robbing you. They're taking twenty five hundred dollars well, from you, dude. Let me let this is r- robbery. Let me wrap it into another story that was uh, happened over the weekend. I don't know all the specifics of it, but I think the Florida Surgeon General re- uh, published oh, a yeah. report about how. There was between the ages of I, I'm going to mess this up, so it's not specific, but I think it was basically men from 25 to 40 had experienced a uh, higher res- uh, number of, of episodes of myocarditis as a result, what they presumed of the vaccine, mm-hmm. right? Which is not like, look, that has been reported and discussed openly right. over. And in fact, European countries like Denmark have, have banned right. the use of right. vaccines in right. that population because of this, right? It is an objective discussion worth having. We're not allowed to have those. In this I don't country. know. <laughs> but 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 apparently this dude's the Florida Surgeon General yeah. social media accounts restricted. Yeah. Is it doctor. A doctor making an observation and raising the flag about an observation so that people can read what he has seen. And now no. these major corporations are saying, you don't, no, you're not allowed to You don't to understand, that. Ashbrook, we're only allowed to, 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 to hear from doctors who want to give puberty blockers to adolescents. <laughs> well, that's care. That's you know, care. That's, if you're discussing that's scientific fir- findings, that's, well, affirming, that's, that's affirming care and a doctor describing something that has been studied and researched and now, like you said, is, is banned in other countries. We're not allowed to have that discussion. We're not allowed to have it, which I think is just, it, it, I mean, look, if there's one thing from this era that is most lamentable, that is, is, in my view, does the most damage to what this country was founded upon, yeah. it's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that 
objective facts, and they can be disputed, by the way, and they should be disputed. And in also, skepticism is the foundation of all good scientific Correct. method. Correct. Totally. Yeah. It's a point. Like when they say that's trust the science, it's a process, not a sentence. And right. if, yeah. Right. And if everybody says, well, you know, it's not peer reviewed, it's not this, good. Bring that to the table, too. I want to hear that. Right. I want to hear that. Yeah. I mean, because all of us are making is. decisions about our families. Right. We're all making decisions, healthcare decisions that were forced upon us. And the idea that a social media company has the audacity to have an opinion that is greater than that of a surgeon general of a state, come on. We, we need, we, we That's need, not science. We need a Senate majority. We need to send Josh Hawley with a bat to Silicon Valley. That's what we need to do. I mean, we've got 29 days to make these bastards pay. Because right now they are running around thinking that they are calling the shots and they've gotten away with it for two years. Yeah. It's it well, I mean, look, we're coming back. It's it this is gonna be a big election, but we need absolutely everybody to understand the stakes. Because That's the it. stakes here, as we've laid out today and will continue to lay out for the next three weeks, could not be higher. Well, I gotta say so myself, gentlemen. Absolute banger of an episode thank you so much to our listeners we were just checking on some metrics i think duncan had we've like doubled our listeners in a few months so thank you all so much uh so until next time minions keep the faith hold the line and own the libs we'll see you on thursday stay ruthless